All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another podcast. And uh, obviously, this is our following our new format for 2020 called Fuel Up Friday. And uh, just for transparency, I'm recording this on a Saturday because that's when I have some free time to do it. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as usual, the past three and a half years, we usually have a guest co-host. But for these shorter episodes, 30 minutes or less, we're experimenting with a new short format and just some solo episodes to push out some directed content. So in that interest, we are going to target today situational awareness. Uh, And the reason why I'm targeting this is because I got to tap into that this week while traveling on business and making sure I didn't get skewered while driving my car with some scrap metal through the windshield. There you go. I've set the stage. Situational awareness or when we were firefighting, we would say, you got to keep your SA up. So, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I decided to actually target this for the recording today is because uh, I've been working on the book, finishing the editing of the book is going to be, obviously, for the newer listeners, is So You Want to Be a Hotshot? Question mark, exclamation point. Since, obviously, I did that for two years, learned a lot, continue to learn from that to this day, and want to inspire and give back with that book, which will be dedicated to nonprofit fundraising for fallen firefighters and their families. So, situational awareness. How would you like to define it? Well, when the book comes out, you'll have an entire chapter dedicated to it because I've already written that. So, uh, But in the interest of today's shorter format episode, I'll tell you a little story this week. Um, I was traveling across upstate New York. I do it about once a quarter on business. This was a hefty week this week here in January 2020. I was, my God, I, I think I got up to the Rochester Buffalo region of western upstate New York up near the Great Lakes by Monday night uh, because we had we were running some events on training for professional contractors from Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday and then I was going to head back to Pennsylvania and the gentleman that I was meeting up there to help run the trainings was going to continue on to the city of Albany for a Friday event so a lot going on and that's with my partnership with our numero uno client Sales Management Solutions, founded by Jennifer Flodeem. Shout out, Jen. And uh, anyway, uh, I, that's where, honestly, that's most, of my, most of my time is spent with that company, growing sales, crushing commissions, helping businesses, work with other businesses, and so much more. Well, anyway, uh, we had already finished the Buffalo event that Tuesday and then the Rochester, New York event that Wednesday. So I was, cont- I was driving my car on the huge I-90, which is the interstate that crosses across all of upstate New York. And the, uh, so I was between Rochester and Syracuse, right near some big national refuge or some, I don't know, they got a big picture of a, they got a big statue of a bird right along the highway. And it's a whole lot of wetlands and you can tell it's all preserved property. Well, anyway, I'm driving along. And if, if you guys ever drive on a highway, at high speeds behind something like a dump truck, uh, you'll sometimes if they haven't secured the load, or even if they have secured the load, you might if they're carrying like dirt, sand, gravel, stones, etc., it'll be sprinkling back on your windshield uh, just from the air currents. So in that situation, if you want to save your paint, your clear coat on the paint of your car, change lanes if you can, or just drop back a little distance, and you're not going to be pelted by all that stuff. So anyway, I'm driving along, and I can see ahead of me this huge 18-wheeler, one of these super high-sided tank trucks, meaning it's all open on top. And normally, I've seen those things 
And I'm like, you know what? They're probably usually tra traveling with trash, but it's usually, these are like the big industrial level trailers. So we're talking like it, it's thick steel holding these up. So usually they're filling these things with, with scrap metal so they can handle the capacity and the weight. Um, anyway, I start getting the, you know, I can hear the stuff bouncing off my windshield and sure enough, I look ahead and I could see his canvas cover on top of the truck flapping a little bit, not a lot. And I was like, oh, good, great. This guy didn't secure his load. I got crap blowing out of the truck. I don't know what's hitting my car. So I'm just going to change lanes, let him, let him pull ahead a little bit. We were doing about 70, 75. And uh, I don't even know why the guy's in the, in the fast lane, by the way, because 18 wheelers really should not be in the fast lane on an interstate uh, from friends of mine who drive truck. Tell me that. So anyway, so I, I figure I'm good to go. We continue off another mile or so, and he passes under an overpass. And he goes under the overpass from another highway above, and it really shifts the wind current. There's already a lot of crosswinds happening that day because there was a cold front coming in, and there was some some snow coming into the Syracuse region. And we're about – I'm already past the halfway point between Rochester and Syracuse, almost there. And anyway, I see I see the, the canvas top really, like, heave up. And it looks like – I mean, I, I now know – it busted off another one of the retaining ratchet straps, these big, high tensile strength woven uh, canvas straps holding it down. Uh, and anyway, so I think I'm good. I was like, this guy's a, a joker. And uh, he finally moves over to the right lane. So I was like, okay, he's moving into the right lane. So I move into the fast lane, you know, going to start working my way up because like, I don't like to follow guys like that. Let's just get ahead of him. Everything will be fine. Well, I don't have time for that because next thing you know, I see something fly out of the top of the truck, not just once, but twice. Two things come blowing out of the top of the truck. And this is from the front of the trailer, not from the back of the trailer. So, and I look, I'm like, that looks like, what does that look like? Like a noodle? And I was like, this is, it's flying pretty fast. And I look closer, look closer, and I'm tracking this thing now because here's your situational awareness, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't about defensive driving. I mean, you could relate it to that because actually it does connect to your responsibilities as a driver, right? It's not just, you know, you drive safe. You also, to ensure your safety, need to keep an eye on what's happening around you, right? You're doing the left-right side view mirrors. You're checking the rear view mirror. You're always keeping an eye on what's ahead of you. And I, I'm the same way when I'm riding my bike on a street or even on a mountain bike on the trails. You want to know what's going around you at all times. Your, your head's on a swivel, as some of them may say. And anyway, so that being said, I'm, like, I'm tracking this thing. I'm watching it. Two things blow out of the truck, two different pieces of actually scrap metal. Uh, the one, the lighter one blows off to the side because it's lighter. The big one stays like straight above the truck, comes arcing out. And I look and I'm like, dude, that's a big bent pipe. I'm like, that's, that's not going to be good when that thing comes down. So now I'm like, all right, I'm just trying to pace myself. I back off. I'm like, all right, I want to see if this thing can hit the ground before I get upon it. Cause I got traffic behind me. We're doing 70 miles an hour and this thing's coming right at my windshield. So I was like, all right, let me just back off. I check my mirror. I'm like, right, I got room. If I need to change lanes at the last second, I can. So now I'm in the, I mean, I'm in the back. I'm actually back in the slow lane, and because that guy's in the slow lane, I'm like, I'm gonna have to change lanes because this thing. I'm like, is it gonna blow to the left into the fast lane, or is it gonna stay in the in the slow lane and come right at me? What's tracking? I'm like, dude, if this thing goes through my windshield, I can potentially get decapitated, killed, or severely injured. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, my essay was way up, ladies and gentlemen, because as, as I track it, it's coming down, it's coming down. I'm like, all right, change lanes. I move left at the last second, and sure enough, man, that thing decides to turn, and luckily I did. It would have, it would have either hit my hood and came through the windshield, or hit the windshield directly on. I luckily don't have to figure that out. 
I whip into the left lane. I got plenty of room in front of me, behind me. Nobody's nobody's going to get hit by me. And all of a sudden, I hear a boom on the side of my car. So I thought I was going to get around this thing. Well, it it hits and just right into the, the right off the passenger side the door. I, I'm driving a Subaru Outback wagon, so the the rear passenger side door. It's my Road Warrior for uh, traveling business. That thing is a beast. It just goes forever. Anyway. Dude, just I could feel it hit the car, and I was like, "Oh, thank God!" And uh, I was like, "I hope this guy knows that the top of his truck is ripped wide open, and now there's dangerous metal flying out." And I don't even have time to look what happens behind me. I guess that that piece of metal stayed on the highway or started skidding down the highway because another car runs it over, like destroys their bumper, rips like the side of their driver's side off. Like those guys got jacked up because next thing you know. I see the guy pulling over, so he's got the cue. So either a another eighteen wheeler called him over their walk over their um, CB radios, uh, or he just happened to know. It's like, hey, dude, I, I'm, there's there's ratchet straps blowing off of his driver's side of his truck, torn off, and that canvas thing is blowing all over the place. So he works his way over to the shoulder, right in front of this refuge, and I'm like, well. I don't know what kind of damage is done to my car. I'm getting over right away. So I pull over in front of his truck. And then next thing you know, that that other car that I didn't even know what happened to it, that pulls off in front of me another few car lengths up. So I throw the hazards on. We get out. Uh, the driver's still sitting in this truck doing his thing. So I walk around. I assess the situation. We're cool. No major damage to my car. I got like a dent maybe the size of my fist. Just, just, just bounced right off my door. Cracked the paint. Big, huge scuff. So... I'm not worried about it. I pay for insurance. Uh, and a big big commercial truck like that, they pay for insurance too. Nobody was injured. And then, uh, so I walk up and check on the other dudes. And sure enough, they're, all their plastic bumper stuff is cracked and ripped apart. Like, those guys got jacked up. There was three dudes. Um, so we walk back to the truck to meet the driver. This young young Indian guy. Um, and uh, and again, for people hearing this, you know, from India, you know, not whatever, whatever you're definition of Indian is these days that he's literally Indian of Indian descent and he's young and he's like oh he's like sorry guys I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on I'm like well I can tell you what's going on you're blowing out scrap metal down the highway and you're gonna kill somebody <laughs> I was like I'm cool I'm chilling and uh so long story short on this I go around I photograph everything on his truck uh the torn straps the canvas all blown off from the driver's side over to the passenger side photograph the door the company information um, this guy doesn't have a clue what to do. He's never had this happen before. He's trying to call a safety officer. We're out there freezing our butts off in the cold winter air. And we're like, dude, this isn't rocket science. Give me your insurance paper. I will photograph it. You can photograph my insurance paper and I'll leave. I'm good. We'll let the insurance companies deal with it. Is this in rocket science? I don't need a police report. I'm fine. I have meetings to get to. Nobody was injured. Those guys weren't injured. I wasn't injured. So we're there for like another 15 minutes while this guy's playing phone tag with his safety officer and sure enough i was right he comes down he's like okay we just gotta take photographs and blah blah, blah. i'm like yeah as i said 15 20 minutes ago rookies <laughs> anyway fast though fast fast forward that story uh, it's already been it's already cool like today or sorry yesterday the the their agent had already called me uh we exchanged information they're gonna i'm leaving for vacation on monday we're gonna go skiing in colorado so unfortunately my car is gonna be sitting at the airport they can't look at it they've got photos of the dent I said, listen, when I get back, uh, I'll be working from home that Tuesday and that Friday. So just here, those are the dates at the end of January. Just give me a call. So I'm not worried. I moved on. So back to the theme of this show is keeping your essay up, your situational awareness. So 
this isn't just to deal with flying scrap, okay? The point of this episode is to help you assign this into your health, business, and lifestyle, right? So how can this fuel those three domains of your life? Well, once, or one thing, is health, right? This totally applies, okay? I can't tell you guys why I'm, you know, why am I so focused on being sugar and grain-free, right? I don't want those inflammatory responses. I want the body to talk to the mind. I want to be clean enough and healthy enough so my body's going to tell me when I consume something that's not good or I can feel when my body swells up if I did consume something not healthy for me. That's communication. That's part of your natural essay, your situational awareness, right? Your body should be aware of all situations inside of it and around it. So this totally applies to your health. It totally applies to when you're playing sports, right? I mean, if you ever played football, basketball, baseball, heck, when I go mountain biking, I go skiing. I'm always keeping an eye out what's going on around me. I can't tell you the 11 years I spent uh, working on race courses, skiing, and helping with the ski race coaching at Camelback Mountain here in the Pocono Mountains, Pennsylvania. Shout out to the USSA, all the USSA racers and ski race coaches out there, and and go US ski team. Um, and shout out to my old team, Pas- the Passive Organization, uh, the ski race team for Camelback, a nonprofit. And uh, anyway, the point of that is that I could have been standing on the side of a hill just sitting there coaching kids or, you know, herding cats, if you will. <laughs> and you, and next thing you know, you got a rookie skier off and he's out of control and they could blast you, dude. Like I've been hit multiple times while skiing by other idiots who don't know how to turn or out of control, or they took a turn too fast or too late. They weren't preparing for the icing conditions, which is very common here in the Northeast, whatever it may be. Goes, now let's tie this off to basketball, right? Uh, dude, people are coming at you left, right. You want to make sure you hold on to the ball. You don't want them to steal it. You know, that's simple stuff. Um, you know, football, enough said, okay? <laughs> if you're taking a hit or you're getting tackled, you want to make sure you fall right. You want to you come down the right way. Reduce your – minimize, minimize your, your risk of injury, et cetera, et cetera. So situational awareness. How does this apply to your business? Dude – You're never going to be able to plan for everything, but if you can lay some groundwork, you can be aware of how other companies similar to yours, businesses to yours, are being affected by changes in politics, changes in laws around you, changes in, if you're an outdoor business, the weather. How do you adapt to weather conditions as a consultation business who has to travel or has to do on-site things? There's so many different ways to apply to this, but there's this natural ability like situational awareness, okay? How am I going to address this situation? How am I going to be aware of my competitors around me, my consumers, my customers? How is it all going to be affected? Now, to be fair, a lot of this applies as you do it. Like you're going to have to, as I've said on the podcast many times, put in the reps, right? Your situational awareness actually improves as you make mistakes or as you succeed, Uh, Hopefully, you pause long enough to be aware of these things and to assess what happened in that situation, right? Like, you know what? If I had to go through that situation again, and even if it was successful, it's like, would I have done anything differently? And I'm not saying live in the past. What I'm saying is at least pause long enough to assess a situation, maybe address the pros and cons of what happened, and then you categorize that in your brain. Or you could document it. You can treat it like a case study. And... Then in the future, when other situations happen that are similar to that one, you've got a bit of a dialogue going on inside of your head, or you've got records documented. So you can say, you know what? I've actually dealt with this situation. This happened two years ago. Here was the customer. Here was the case. This is what we did. 
great. Now I've got some ammo in my tank or some fuel in the tank to fuel for the fire to address that situation in the future. Okay. Situational awareness. You're becoming better at being more aware of these situations as they continue on, as you experience them, as you move through them. Now, let's tie this into lifestyle. Dude, guys and ladies, total, total lifestyle component. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm going to go ahead and go completely random here and apply it to different forms of lifestyle. Let's go with a jobby job, right? I've had a lot of, lot of jobs over the years, guys, a lot of jobs. So I've been a, a, a bouncer. All right. So I had a, that was my only side hustles. I wouldn't even call it a hustle. It was just, I don't know. I had nothing else better to do. So go work in a club as a bouncer. Um, now the issue with working bar security is that it's kind of hard to put in the reps, so to speak. You really want to prevent putting in the reps. So your head is always on a swivel. Your eyes are always peeled all night long, but then sooner or later, which is what made me stop doing it after like three years, somebody decides to take a bottle to your head. Yeah, that happened to me. Um, not really that enjoyable. And, uh, you know, it took me down. I mean, six foot four. And back then I was, you know, good 200, 205. It takes, take a uh, rolling rattle, rolling rock glass bottle to the head because you got some dumbass and like two or three of his bros that are all hammered, you know, trying to surround you and like distract you. And then boom, like that's not a cool move. And it was, it's, this is the middle of a club on the dance floor. It was a whole thing. So clearly I failed at that situational awareness, uh, but that's back in the day, man. We're talking like, oh man, it's probably like 2001, 2000. I don't even know. That's yeah. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, it's back that long. Yeah. Nah. We're recording in 2020. So I'm dating myself. So 19, 20 years ago. Anyway, so clearly that situation taught me to that even though you have been bar, you know, being a bouncer for three years and I've been a bartender and I've been a bar back, so you're, you're in these environments, I still wasn't ready to get taken out by a bottle. And obviously I stopped bar- bouncing after that because I'm like, dude, my brain is too important to me and screw that. <laughs> I'm only getting paid 50 bucks a night. And even then the bartender was such a, or sorry, the bar owner was such a crackhead who he actually ended up dying of a heart attack because of his drug issues. Um, he, he would, he wouldn't always pay us. So wasn't exactly the best guy to work for. So mm, love my coffee. So back to the essay of your lifestyle choices. Um, again, I already hinted at, you know, the mountain biking lifestyle and the road cycling lifestyle is that and this relates back to fitness, but it's like being aware of the things around you. Uh, you know, if you're on a paved road and all of a sudden there's glass or, you know, there's some retread blowing off from a truck. And, and this is a great segue into actually the guy I was traveling with. Shout out to uh, Ken Barton of the Arzell Zoning Company. Uh, he, he shared a great story over dinner this week when I showed him what happened to the car. And he's like, dude, imagine that when you're on a motorcycle. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You used to ride. He's like, yeah. He's like, I just don't trust the roads anymore. So he he decided to share, you know, his lifestyle, what he loved. He loves riding motorcycle, that freedom, the air. You know, you're, it's less safe because you don't have a car around you. But there's such a freedom because the first time I rode a motorcycle was, well, a legit, like, 500-mile weekend was in Arizona when I was out there firefighting. You just get to take in all the mountains around you and all the colors and all the bugs too, but it's very freeing. Uh, it's a great lifestyle uh, fun, but on a motorcycle, your head is definitely on a swivel, guys. Like you, You're constantly looking at the mirrors. You're being aware of your spacing with the car in front of you, car behind you, and this goes for automobiles too, ladies and gentlemen. If you're riding people's asses, 
you are not at a safe distance. So uh, this is driving driver's license 101. Um, but hey, people are doing it. But back to his motorcycle story. So he shared how we were discussing how in those big 18-wheeler tractor trailers, a lot of times companies go cheap. And instead of buying all new tires, they put retreads on them. So they basically, the, the tires are almost bald and you could buy a cap of, of tread and they, like a volcanic it's adhesive, they seal it, they glue it on and the tire is good enough to keep driving for a while. Well, those things, you see them on the side of highways all the time. You ever see like a random strip of rubber just laying on the side of the road? That's what that is because eventually they delaminate, the adhesive pops loose and those retreads rip off and blow off. Well... Those are not cool, even when you drive over them on a car, because uh, you got metal wires coming out because the the metal fibers that are inside the tread and everything else. Well, now this you know Ken's story is like, dude, imagine that coming at you and you're on a motorcycle and you could you could crash. I mean, straight up, like, dude, you're getting hit. You're already doing, let's say, 50, 60 miles an hour, and this chunk of rubber is coming off of a truck tire that's already spinning you know, 70 miles an hour, this thing's now bouncing down the highway. And he actually said it was flipping in midair. And now he's trying to figure out, can I lay on the brakes hard enough so I don't endo, like ride the front wheel and still not either hit that rubber head on or hopefully drive over it or bunny hop over it, which good luck trying to bunny hop a motorcycle, but he's, he's driving a Harley. So long story short, he did what he could still hit the rubber Bike gets wily, you know, wily crazy, and he's recovering, recovering, and he has no idea. He's trying to like refire the bike to try and accelerate away from this thing and out of it, and and the the bike's starting to die, and he has no idea that the rubber retread had ripped off some stuff off the bottom of his bike, including the spring component on his kickstand, and apparently there's a sensor in there, and that was that was you know you're not supposed to be able to drive your bike with a kickstand down, so so he's like ripping and riding he's getting to the side of the road trying to get not trying not to get run over by cars behind him uh next thing you know you know he, he's dropping off into a rut that was made by another truck in the mud he's trying to make sure that doesn't take him out and he comes to a stop and he's like and then you know the weight of the bike starting to take him over you know he can't stand the bike up on a kickstand he's just trying to hold the bike and at the end of the story he literally the next thing you know another truck comes blowing by him and he's barely holding on to the bike you know he just recovers from this you know saves his ass and another truck blows by. So all this 18-wheeler air current just blasts him. And he's like, that's you know, slow motion. Him and the bike are going over. And he's, boom, he's trapped under the motorcycle. <laughs> Crazy story. So luckily, somebody else sees all this. They pull over. They ask him if he needs help. He's like, yeah, man, just help me stand this bike back up. And he's trying to get it refired and restarted. And he figured out, you know, he had to figure out how to tie up the kickstand and all that stuff. And that was the end of that story. Uh, but a great example of, man... Dude, you know his sensories were like on fire, dude. His eyes were peeled. His ears were peeled. He's looking everywhere. He's he's hitting it no matter what. He's got to tr- use his experience on the bike to hopefully recover, which he did, and not eat shit and not crash. Um, and, and and I want to tie all of these examples and back to the beginning of the story here, which is using situational awareness across life. Again, I had this emphasized when I was firefighting. I got to learn the true purpose of keeping your essay up, right? Your head was always on a swivel. You're looking for ember wash coming over the over the hand line. You just dug, making sure that the, you know, the, the embers coming off of the black where the fire is, 
isn't catching your green side of the hand line on fire and spreading fire where you've, you just secured and protected. So that's just one example. I mean, then there's running chainsaws, you know, not spinning around while your chainsaws in your hand and cutting your partner next to you. Like, Oh, I mean, where, where are people's hands and arms at when they're grabbing brush as you're running a chainsaw? Like there's a lot of stuff I could get into. It's a, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty educational. Um, but I'll, I'll tie that back to just big picture is be prepared to kind of slow down assess your situation. Um, if you're not in a moving vehicle, not on a motorcycle, you're in the safety of your home or safety of your office. So many of us nowadays, thanks to the technology and I'm guilty of this, all of our technology, these, 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 you know, I'll hold up my new iPhone 11 pro not bragging. I've never bought a brand new iPhone. I always buy a used or a couple years old. And I, now I have the latest one, wholly expensive. Anyway, it's not a phone. It's not a phone. It's, it's, it's a freaking computer, people. It's literally a computer in your hand. A $1,200 iPhone, air quotes iPhone, is a portable computer, oh, that you can also make phone calls off of. That's really what it is nowadays. Uh, but some of, the, some of the problems with all this level of amazing technology we have is that things become so automated that you might miss something. Things become so quick that you don't slow down enough to at least assess what's happening there. Um, one of my clients, we were just coaching their team on how they're doing their social media posting. And they're just like, and I'll go back and I'll look at the posts. And I'm like, guys, this could have been fixed before you even posted it. Like there's spelling errors, grammar errors. You missed a hashtag, whatever. And I'm like, guys, like just, why don't you just, before you hit post, just reread what you just wrote. Proofreading. Hello. You know, sorry, there's no spell checker in an Instagram app or in a Facebook app. You can... If you have all this stuff pre-drafted ahead of time, great. You could save them in things like cards. Like I, I use the Trello application for project management. So I highly recommend Trello, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of my affiliate links on the on the lithafuel.com. But, you know, it's it, you can't pre-plan everything. So at least slow down enough to assess, okay, what's happening here? What's happening there? Can I edit that? Can I tweak that? Um, that that's what I'm talking about here, right? Slow down enough. Keep your essay up. Really learn to amplify your situational awareness. And this is a huge building block of success that I think I've always taken for granted after I left firefighting because I was only doing that for two years. But again, now all these years later, it's now 2020. I was a rookie in 2010. So this is my 10-year anniversary since I took a risk and tried that that risky you know job. Um, and I'll never regret it. But I'll tell you, it taught me a lot about still being fast, but still slowing down, knowing to assess, knowing to, and then always, and then like we, after every fire assignment, and usually at the end of every day, we would review what happened that day. What, what did we learn? What worked? What didn't work? Um, these are some great side effects that come out of really focusing on that situational awareness. And again, keeping the essay up. So there's my short fuel up Friday tip of the day, whatever you want to call it. It's about to just take a deep breath, assess it. And every time moving forward, learn from it. Keep amplifying that situational awareness. It will serve you well in years to come. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's our podcast. Uh, more to come. As always, I have like 10 shows in the tank. We have plenty of content over the next two months already. 
I actually need to adjust my schedule because I'm getting too much content. I like to keep stuff pretty fresh. I don't like to have one of my guest co-hosts wait like three months till they get to hear their show. But it happens. Sorry. We have a lot of people wanting to come on, and I'm going to keep sharing it. So anyway, guys, uh, besides that, since we're recording on a Saturday, it's been a busy day. we uh, still working on the final editing of the book. Um, we, we just got done launching some new changes to the website on the homepage for the fuel more to come on that. I got somebody, uh, giving me some SEO assessments on that. Uh, what else happened today? Uh, oh, I'm designing graphics for one of my logo. I'm not a graphic designer, but there's stuff that I can easily change before I have to pay for my outsourcer, uh, interviewing a new VA, I'm looking at bringing on some new virtual assistant talent, uh, cause I'm just getting too busy and time is money. So anyway, there's, there you go guys. So your tagline and keywords of the day, situational awareness for your fuel up Friday. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. And if you're trying to reach me from January 20th to January 27th, good luck. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook because I'll probably be posting a lot of fun content while we're skiing in Vail, Colorado. That's right. We're heading back to go hang with the in-laws and at their house in Edwards, Colorado. If you are a regular friend of mine who listened to the show and want to catch up, dude, let's make some turns. Let's, uh, let's cut some snow. Let's ride the edges. Let's go fast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. There's your Fuel Up Friday tip. Situational awareness. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys again soon.